Good times and great music at 2 and you RFM 103.7. Well, we mentioned a couple of minutes ago we've been welcoming back a lot of our regular mates and I think he's at the uh, the bottom of the list, but only simply because of the time of the week that he comes in. Our Professor of Politics, Dr Jim Jones. Good morning. And yeah, good morning, Mark. I'm, I'm assuming Christmas and all of that was just a, a normal busy affair and things were generally okay. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a, a really, really good for us. and um, But it's still nice to be back. Yes, uh, look, we're well into the year now. I can believe that we're into February and um, the political year, although there's been a lot happening uh, over the summer to chat about, uh, a brand new year of Parliament ready to go. Um, let's let's look at the lay of the land for some of the, the major players anyway. Well, yeah, like the, 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 the new Parliament is beginning again mm. today and um, you know, they had their um, Christian homage first up um, early this morning and... They'll get down to down to business. We'll we'll get the usual hour of question time, uh, in which um, each party will try and display their prowess and try and you know score some political points and get some you know ten second um, voice gotchas as it were. Um, but all of that's theatre. The, the the real business of Parliament um, goes on um, outside of question time. It's very. It's, they're completely two different animals in some respects, aren't they? Oh, mo- most definitely. But. You know, as far as the government's concerned, that I, you'd have to say they're starting off uh, from a relatively uh, good position. Um, granted, they're going to have to weather a bit of a storm in question time about um, the way in which uh, the promise that they, they made at election time um, was broken. Uh, but in, in many respects, um, all they have done has rearranged the taxation arrangements um, in a um, very clever way, um, Treasury came up with uh, uh, an approach that was they deemed to be anti-inflationary and which um, spread the wealth more fairly so that everybody's going to get a tax cut, um, which politically is very, very clever because it means that the opposition is now hemmed in there. And if we go back to when they brought in the stage one, stage two, stage three tax cuts, um, they hemmed in the Labor Party on stages one and two that they um, set it up in such a way that if Labor opposed the negative stuff inside stages one and two, if they demanded it to be fairer or whatever, wanted to change it, then they would have to block it. Or, and that mm-hmm. they couldn't do, so they were stuck with the commitment to stages one, two, and by implication, and they were stuck with... Stage three, and as we know, um, Mr. Albanese went to the the polls and said, "You know, we're not going to change anything," because I think politically, had he gone in, and says, "Well, you know, we'll have a look at it if we're elected. We'll have a look at it again and see what what can be done." Um, that would have been an automatic um, own goal because the opposition, or then the government at the time, mm. would have then been able to go to the election saying Labor's going to raise taxes, um, and no matter what the Labor Party in opposition would say to that, they, were, they would have been trapped. So they went to the polls saying, we're not going to touch anything. And 18 months later, having reviewed the situation, they've now come to a, a different position. The, the tax cuts are still there. And I guess the political um, cleverness of their um, approach was largely 
around ensuring that nobody misses out. So it's very difficult for an opposition to then come in and say, we're going to block this. And look, they've had their meeting last night and the likelihood is that shortly they'll probably announce that they'll wave it through. But if they were... they were smart. I've heard others talk of this that they will actually be able to create a narrative that everybody's actually getting screwed over because, yes, the people on the the, the two hundred thousand they're only getting half of what was promised for them over a set of time, but for those who are now getting the extra, and um, these are rough numbers that nine hundred dollars, which will start to incrementally happen from next tax time, it's kind of repairing the twelve to fifteen hundred dollars that was taken off you last tax time. So you lose. Fi- you, worst case, you lose $1,500 last July, and within two years, you'll get $900 of that back. If they were smart, that's the avenue they would be the prosecutor, or at least put it, highlighting that. Well, that, that's possibly one line of um, attack that the that's opposition... That's what I do. Um, yeah. but, but when all's said and done, it's what... Um, I think that the government would be able to turn around and say, well, yeah, that um, $1,500 you lost at uh, last July, by the way... Um, that was a result of policies of the previous government, and we are now. But they could have kept. That. But cost of living still was a thing last year, and they could have still just go, look. Things are tough. We're going to keep that on. And, oh my, my yeah. word! I mean, the 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 other thing that I'd sort of say about the government is that it's it's had a few a few wins along the way, um, in terms of um, tackling the cost of living. Um, it's an interesting phenomenon now that we suddenly have decided over the past ten months. 18 months, that governments are responsible for the cost of living. And in some big picture sense, governments do, decisions governments make, do affect um, various cost factors you know, throughout. But there are other issues beyond the government's control. Many of the issues are beyond, beyond a government's control, as um, governments over the past many decades have, have um, had to contend with. But I guess looking at um, the current situation, you'd have to say that the, the government is in a, it is a reasonably strong position to build, one hopes that they've learnt from their past mistakes, to build a confident narrative of their own that will make it very difficult for the opposition because the opposition are in a, um, particularly the Liberal Party, is in a really difficult place at the moment. They've got a leader who is not overly popular in in the sort of over you know the leadership stake sense. I think many but, would say he doesn't have the cut through that you need. That's a, probably a fair. Well, the only cut through he gets is when he's being totally negative and um, absolutely obstructive. And for an opposition, there are moments when that can sometimes work. But in building up a credibility as we're we're a potentially better better suited to government than the current government, and you should vote us in. It's at the moment hard to see how the opposition as, as a coalition, but the Liberal Party in particular as the leader of that coalition, putting itself across as being a credible alternative government. I mean, you have members of the, of, of the sort of shadow front bench making comments that, um, while in other circumstances, might be seen as you know, strategic and um, you know, scoring political points, but... When someone, for example, I think it was um, one of the, uh, um, I can't remember the name, which particular You remember when you walk out the door. <laughs> exactly. But said, oh, we'll, we'll simply reverse the um, Labor Party's stage three package um, and go back to the original one, which basically meant 
raising taxes, um, which, hang on a second, if, if, you, if you're looking to be a I think if return, they're smart, you do both and you get everybody on side. It's simple. That's, I mean, and then you just, you, you prosecute that case. Well, there, there's more to be done in tax reform. Mm. Um, most of the sort of suggestions coming through it at the moment are sort of yesterday's suggestions. There's not a lot of new, new thinking happening, at least it's getting, you know, publicity. Eventually, though, um, the government itself will be able to um, perhaps build a consensus around some sensible um, tax reforms that don't then result in um, the, the, you know, the I think the beat up threat of bracket creep taking away the, the tax gains. But that's what it does, though. Like you get a, a pay rise and you move into the next thing, and all of a sudden you've gone from thirty three to thirty seven or thirty seven to nearly forty five. And I mean, in what world is it reasonable that people work till? On a nine to five job, you work till after till lunchtime on Wednesday before you start earning and stop giving your money to governments that waste it anyway. Lower well, flat tax rate for all citizens, give people more of their own money, they'll put it back into the economy. Government stops spending and wasting money like you do. Well, there, there's a number of issues there to sort of unpack. I think, Mark, we probably will and we'll run, run out of time. We'll run out of time for that, but certainly. Um, the, the current situation, if we look at the sort of where each where the political parties are lined up at the moment. The Labor Party is, is looking good at this stage. Um, it should be fairly confident, um, but it's also got to uh, um, remember that it's boxed itself in a number of times in negative positions in the past 18 months and it needs to figure out uh, to keep moving out of those situations. The Liberal Party needs to begin to th- respond less as you know, total hostile and total negative and begin to think how are they going to build up the support that they need in the electorates that they need to win back without um, resorting to um, absolute fear-mongering and uh, scare campaign that they've they've used on some issues in the past. Then there are the Greens who, in a sense, will be rubbing their hands with glee because they are, in effect, in a position to put a bit more pressure on the government but also on the opposition to some extent to sort of stand up in, uh, shall we say, more productive ways in which they can deliver something more positive rather than what I would see as a sort of wave of negativity that they seem to sort of embrace as their first first port of call. Yeah. Well, you'd think that they'd have to, if you're the opposition, and it, 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 I would, if we think that the, and the government has not suffered through the last few bits and pieces that have happened. So I think if I was a Liberal Party heavyweight, that would concern me a lot, that they haven't been able to prosecute the case. Um, there's a whole yeah. different argument whether the whether they would actually, you know, be heading towards anything the Greens have to say, because I don't know that if you're a Greens voter, you're ever going to vote for a, a Liberal Party. Well, I mean, I, they, they had a, a Turnbull that was more green than anything else, and I, they would have thought, that's fantastic, but we're still voting Green. Well, the, the, um, unfortunately, Mr Turnbull wasn't able to do what he claimed he was going to do because he'd done the deal with the devil and uh, the things he wanted to do were off the table. Um, it it seems to me it's a, a silly situation way back then. But if we come back to where we are at the moment, I think one of the key things that the opposition has to um, think about is we need to be seen to be positive and constructive and seem to be taking into account the sorts of things that a broader voting base values and and takes seriously. The idea of being an opposition, we call it an opposition because they are opposed, as it were, 
as a group, as an entity, to those in government. But the role of the opposition is not simply to oppose. The role of the opposition is to, in, in very many respects, to interrogate and keep the government honest, keep it, hold, try and hold the government ministers to account. At the same time, and doing that, is putting themselves forward and being seen to be credible alternatives to those who are currently in government. And at the moment, I find it really difficult to, to envisage the coalition as it currently stands with its current practices to be a credible alternative. But they've got 18 months to sort of try and turn that around. Oh, we'll we'll uh, see what happens. Yeah, we'll see how that 18 months goes. Jim, thank you very much for your time. Have a great rest of the week. Yes, thank you very much, Mark. Our Professor of Politics, uh, Dr Jim Jones with us on 2NURFM 103.7.